Hello, this is Pastor Zach from Vinco Brethren Church. We are so happy you decided to stream our sermon online. And we as a church just want to say hello. We have prayed over this sermon earnestly, that God speaks life and truth into it, and that you feel encouraged and challenged by God's word. We encourage you to use these podcasts as supplemental material to your local church experience and encourage you to get plugged in at your local church. If you are looking for a local church in the Johnstown, Richland, Ebensburg, Pennsylvania area, Vinco Brethren Church is very close to you, so come check us out. Shortly after this message, there will be a uh, worship song, then a transition into our sermon podcast. God bless and stay tuned. Good morning, church, and uh, what an awesome journey we've been on. We've 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 been on this journey looking at creation, the fall, redemption, and today we are going to talk about the restoration and um, and what that looks like because we are in the midst of restoration and um, I think this is something that uh, something that's awesome and uh, this morning I just want us for a second to get into uh, get into a mindset I want us for this morning to to close our eyes and pretend we are one of Jesus's early disciples I want us to picture the crucifixion just took place and Jesus is buried in Joseph's tomb you know, we as disciples now are scared. We are we're worried. Jesus died. And you split up from all the other disciples. And, and, and then you hear, you know, down the road, you, you hear, Jesus is back. He's back. He rose from the dead three days later. And it's like, you know, the Jesus with the scars on his wrists and on his ankles. And you go back and you and you listen to this this Jesus and it's it's really him and you you feel hope you feel the breath of life in you leap and Jesus tells you this go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold I am with you always till the end of the age then Jesus ascends into heaven not too long after he says this, and there stands you and your other disciples, and you think to yourselves, now what? Now church, you can go ahead and open your eyes if you participate, and if you, if you didn't, I know who you were. Now I'm just joking with you. I, I just wanted us to, to get a picture of what it must have felt like when restoration was first brought up without physically having Jesus around. Would you have been confused? Would you have been pumped up to to take it on? Would you have given up? The Great Commission was given over 2,000 plus years ago. And today, around 2.2 billion people claim to follow Christ. Let me, for a moment, recognize that over 2,000 plus years ago, there were 12 apostles who were the beacons of helping spread Christianity. Now, sure, there were people who encountered Jesus during his earthly ministry, so it wasn't just 12 people who only believed, but, but think about it. 
Do you think that these 12 apostles thought 2.2 billion people would come to know Jesus Christ in the, in the future? Restoration starts with Jesus giving us a great commission, yes. And, uh, and this great commission um, is going to be our scripture reading today. But before that, we have to understand what a biblical rabbi was. Since we played imagination this morning, we're going to continue with that theme. So, so church, I want everyone to get involved and put ourselves back um, and pretend we're an early century Jew. So let's for a second pretend um, we are an early century Jew who believes uh, in a Messiah to come. So what do early century Jews do? Well, who in here likes memorizing things. All right, so we got some hands up in here. We got some people that are like, I don't like memorizing things. Well, if you didn't put your hand up, uh, you're, you know, you're safe. And uh, if you did, and you're like myself, and, and you like memorizing, well, let's see if you can handle this. Early century Jews would memorize the first five books of the Bible. You had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These books, as a collection, get this fancy name called the Pentateuch. Penta meaning five and, and took from the word Torah. So an early century Jew would learn to memorize the Torah, these books. But why? Well, because this was what the Pharisees believed to be the, the way to righteousness and holiness. Um, to to memorize these and to to know these um, and it became a it became misconstrued in the sense of the way in which uh, this Torah was pressed upon culture. These books were you know creation, the fall, um, history, law, more law, more law. So if you're a social studies major, you know you're you're good with this stuff, and you know you're it's going to be a lot of uh, you know poli sci going on you know not fun but what jews in the early century believed was this is the way to righteousness and and it was focused on pleasing god through through works and um you know this is the way this tradition has uh has continued in early century judaism well as an early century Jew, you would try so hard to memorize these five books, and day and night you'd study and study some more, and when you hit the age of about 12, um, you know, 12, you know, the teenage years, um, you would go to your village's rabbi, and you would show him that you, that you knew it, and what was it? Well, you showed him that you're a teachable student. Well, what happens if you weren't a teachable student? Well, why don't you ask Peter, John, Philip, or Andrew? You became a tradesman. You became a tax collector. You became a soldier. You basically weren't good enough to serve as a religious leader. So, for theoretical purposes, this morning, you church, you, you didn't make the cut. So what does this mean? Does this mean God doesn't love you? Does it mean that, you know weren't as good as someone else well according to the pharisees that were teaching this kind of kind of way you you weren't good enough so let's fast forward to jesus being called rabbi yes jesus was looked at as a rabbi because he he was born into this jewish culture but 
But who does Jesus, this rabbi, call to be his, his students? He calls the outcasts. He calls the people that didn't make the cut. You see where I'm going with this. The scripture supports something that was crazy, that these early century rabbis believed Jesus was leading people who didn't make the cut originally. They didn't have what it took to be leaders in this kingdom of God. Jesus is plain to us, church. He, he believes in these disciples. He believes in you. So much so, he says these words, follow me, that Jesus says this and means it, that I think you can do what I do. Just have faith in me. Jesus always has faith in us. That's something we have to recognize, that he has faith in us. It's us that puts our faith in him. Jesus is a rabbi, and today we are his students, and Jesus believes we can do what he did in his earthly ministry. And you know why? Well, let's go back to the Great Commission. So here's our scripture for this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you and you want to follow along on the screen, we're going to read Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a disciple. What is a disciple? Well, it's simply a follower of a teacher or a mentor. You can be disciples of baseball, bands, or you can be a disciple of how to properly serve soft serve ice cream at the local DQ. But probably, but biblically, but biblically, a disciple is a person who wholeheartedly follows Jesus Christ. So, yes, if you follow Jesus, you are a disciple, and we need to be discipled by by leaders. And Jesus has equipped everyone with his Holy Spirit to be disciples of him. This is not a short task, though. Let's again listen to these words of Jesus, which he tells the disciples and break down what he is saying. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. The first thing Jesus tells us to do is go. It's a simple word, very simple word, two letters, but it's a challenging word. It's challenging for the fact that we can't just sit around. We, we're not stagnant characters. We can't ride the bench. Rather, we're called to be in the game. Well, what do we have to do? Well, thank you for asking. Well, that is to make disciples of all nations. This doesn't just say people who are like you or people that it's easy to talk to, but every nation. I want to bring to your attention this, that 50% of all world languages, 50, 57%, do not have a Bible translated in their native language. Now, that's that's out of all the languages, not people, but, but languages. So it could be, you know, a small language with only a couple people, but 
57% of all world language does not have a Bible translated in their native language. That means that they do not have the means of hearing the gospel through communication. This command of Jesus is important. This is, you know, an international example, but what about right here nationally? What can we look at to to share the gospel? Well, simply share the good news of Jesus Christ with friends and family. Do it through word, but also do it by action. Let your actions follow suit with the words that you preach. Allow for the Holy Spirit to work in loved ones' lives and hearts. Let's be waymakers. The next thing he says is to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, baptism is the symbolism of publicly showing the transformation of heart that once you were a part of this world and now you are publicly following Jesus through an act of apartness from the world. And we are to share this action with other people and people who might not always look like us. The next thing we are called to do is teach and observe. Two very important words. Teach in Hebrew is to disciple. Remember, we are to be taught. Um, we, we are to be taught. We are to be discipled. We are to teach as Jesus taught. Jesus is talking about the teaching of the glory of God. Next thing we have to do is we have to observe. Like I said, teach and observe. And the reason why we have to observe is because we observe the work of the Holy Spirit. We observe the word and allow the word to convict people's hearts and allow it to convict our hearts. That's why I want to give you the word straight as it is. I don't want to, you know, pick a verse here to have another verse. I want to just read these chunks of scripture. That's why, you know, I'm human you know, I, I want to read to you the word of God and, and teach you what it says. The word is what I am following. I observe the word. And this is what we have to teach people to do is observe. Lastly, Jesus gives us an assurance. Jesus assures us of something. He says, I am with you always till the end of the age. Jesus isn't gone. He he. He left us, not with part of himself, but all of himself. That's the joy of the Holy Spirit, that it is a whole person. The Holy Spirit is in us. It dwells in us. We are now the temples for God's dwelling here on earth. We are a temple for the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in, in each and every one of you. He is with us till the end of the age. We are restorers for the glory of God. God has gifted you with jobs, children, being parents, houses, apartments, cars, food, water. Let's be restorers for his kingdom and look to where our blessings aren't ours, but we are restorers of brokenness through God's grace and blessing. No one is safe. No one is riding the bench. We are the James, Peter, Andrew, that Jesus came and said, follow me. Now we all have different spiritual gifts. We all have different talents and abilities. Be restorers of those. Be restorers of those. Go into your workplaces. Share the words of God. Allow your vocations to be a way 
for the gospel to reach someone's heart. Work understanding that Jesus has gone before you. Through your faith, work is an outflow. We are called to labor. Jesus said, I am your rabbi. I believe in you. All you have to do is follow me and believe in me. There's no doubt he believes in you. There's no doubt he rose from the grave. Church, I want to leave you with this today. I want you to feel encouraged today. I want you to feel so encouraged that God has given you this life for his kingdom. And there is a reason you are here today in this church. A reason you are going to leave these walls and you're still going to be the church. It's because you are a restorer. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Church, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be restorers. God, thank you that you have left us with your Holy Spirit, God, that you've left us with all of you, that you didn't leave us with a part of yourself. You left us with abundant life, God. I pray that we can lean into that, God, in our labor, as labor for the kingdom of God. God, allow us in times of struggle, trial, and tribulation to lift each other up as the body of Christ. God, in your blessed and holy name, we pray, amen. Amen, church.